0: The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom.
1: Oh my goodness, I sure hope we are here for you today and that I have a message that helps you. Welcome, moms. I am Jenny and this is Channel Mom where we encourage mothers. We focus on the huge importance of moms as you work to raise up that next generation, especially in times like these. Oh, boy, do we have a big show today. This is a show that I knew I had to do. We cannot ignore the racial tension that's exploding across the nation. There are protests and riots and violence and burning buildings. And as a person who aims to encourage mothers and who also loves God, I feel like I need to honor the moms of all colors today. So we're going to do this. We're going to talk about what moms can do in these times. We speak to the daughter-in-law of a very famous black activist who changed history. She's on the show today. And we'll also talk to a young lady who aims to heal the racial divide in her daily job as a princess. So stick around. I know this show is, uh, is going to bring peace and healing and hope and help. So stick around for the rest of Channel Mom right after we hear from our amazing sponsors. parents, we want
0: to see our children run for more than gold in their personal race of faith in Jesus Christ. This summer at Idrahaji, one of Colorado's top summer camps, we'll explore how to train
1: for a future eternity during a week of amazing Rocky Mountain adventure. From rock climbing to swimming, horse rides, hiking, and so much more, there's something for your child to enjoy. Idrahaji is full of faith and full of fun. Register now while spots remain at idrahaji.org. That's I-D-R-A-H-A-J-E The Life Center in Littleton is here for you. Whether you or someone you know needs help with groceries, GED prep, finding community, or figuring out what faith in Jesus really means, the Life Center wants to help. Located just south of downtown Littleton, we exist to offer our community practical help and lasting hope. Find out more at LifeCenterLittleton.org.
0: It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you.
1: Hey, welcome back. Welcome to our Facebook audience, the folks who listen to us right here in Denver, our precious friends who uh, follow us on Facebook. We're on Facebook today, also in Little Rock and I think maybe um, Idaho and Alabama. I think Idaho just joined us last week and Alabama as well and Kansas. We're so blessed to have you on board. All right, I need to make a correction of one of the ads you just heard um, because Idahaji is not uh, doing summer camp for kids this summer. They're doing something really cool, family adventure, family mountain adventures, where you can book all kinds of things like horse trail rides, archery, uh, climbing, all that sort of stuff uh, for your mountain family adventure, not just kids in uh, this year, this summer because of COVID, for overnight stuff. You can do something for your family. There's also Bible teaching when you do it. So check it out. It's really a cool deal. It's right by my house up in Bailey, Colorado, idrahaji.org. That's I-D-R-A-H-A-J-E.org. Okay, so let's get to the show. I'm going to confess something. Um, I've been nervous about this show because I so badly want to do it right. Our, our nation is in turmoil, not only over COVID, no matter what you think of that, um, and no matter what your view on on what we've done to react, to respond to COVID and the numbers and all that. There's controversy over that. There's controversy over what happened with George Floyd, about George Floyd's background. Nobody disagrees, though, that the way in which he died was horrific and wrong. And, and it started the race riots and it started the protests and all of that. And I think to myself, as I embark on doing this show, I want to be a peacemaker and a way maker and a healer. And I know that I'm not going to please everybody, but I do want to acknowledge everybody's views, except the completely racist view. Obviously, I'm not going to promote that today. But but there are those that have different opinions about, about how we should be responding to what's going on in America when it comes to race. So I've decided to go for it, and I decided to get guests that uh, would make a difference today for you and have something very poignant to say about what's going on. So as I looked for women to bring on the show, I, I found two incredible women. We've got Kendall Strong who happens to play the role of a princess for a living and uh, is also Miss Oakland USA. And she has made a decision to bring a positive message of race because she is an African-American. Wherever she goes, she brings this message. And often it's to youth. So she wants to tell parents today, how should we handle this with our youth, The, the race relations issue? And then we've got Kara Meredith. She is the author of a new book. The Color of Life, A Journey Toward Love and Racial Justice. Kara's career has included posts as an outreach ministry director and an English teacher. She also happens to be the daughter-in-law of a man who was at the very center of the news back in the 60s. His name, James Meredith, and uh, here's a very old Newsrail clip of James to remind you of who he is. Don't be offended. The language is very 1962. Here it is.
0: James H. Meredith is formally enrolled at the University of Mississippi, ending one chapter in the federal government's efforts to desegregate the university. The town of Oxford is an armed camp following riots that accompany the registration of the first Negro in the university's 118-year history.
1: Okay, there we go. Riots then and riots now. And so I want to welcome both of these ladies, but I'm going to start with James Meredith's daughter-in-law. Welcome to Channel Mom, Kara. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, so to start us out, um, I, I, I want to acknowledge that the one reason or the biggest reason I was nervous today is because I've watched... Everybody's news. I've watched CNN, I've watched Fox News, I've watched YouTube. And as you know, there is a huge array of responses to, to um, how we're responding to George Floyd. Nobody disagrees that uh, the officer that was seen on the video doing what he did to him and, and the brutal way in which George Floyd died was wrong. Nobody disagrees with that. Then people started talking about the fact that he had a criminal background. I heard one uh, black conservative commentator say he's not our hero. We don't need to hold him up and honor him. We need to do other things for the black community. And I heard another black gentleman on YouTube talking about how there are worse crises for blacks in America. Black on black crime versus white on white crime is higher and things like that. And I think, how do I address everybody's response to this? Clearly, we still have a racism problem. So I think, all right, let, let's bring on the views. Let's talk about how to respond to this. Your father-in-law has been a black activist for many years and said, let's, let's, let's fix this racism thing. You, you come from a, a history of faith. So I just want to hear today, when you look at, at the riots in Seattle and you look at the riots that are continuing to break out across the nation I was reading about just this morning, what is your view as the author of a book about race and, and as the wife of a woman who uh, happens, or the wife of a woman. You're not the wife of a woman. We're not doing that issue today. <laughs> You're the wife of a man who is African-American and you have two biracial boys. So, so you come from a place where, you know, this is tough. So, so just give me your overall perspective as, as the author of this book on race. Absolutely. My overall perspective, um, and we
2: should say, and, and I think you may have just said this, but I'm a white woman married to a black man, like you just said, with biracial kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my perspective is that this is real. And uh, the invitation that exists, regardless of individual viewpoints on whether or not riots and protests should be happening, is that um, everything going on in our country right now and really around the world is an invitation to listen to um, especially what marginalized and oppressed voices are saying, what is really being said, What is what truths are really being spoken in the midst of the storm. I think that's part of the invitation right now. Um, even if we don't know, um, even if we don't agree with it, even if we don't all the way understand that we would begin to listen, all of us, no matter the color of our skin, Uh, And that perhaps even we will begin to um, investigate individual and systemic racism that exists and or that we benefit from.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we love our country, we want to create peace and not war. And if we love God, we want to do his will. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. You talk about Jesus's view uh, in your book when you're talking about racism. I I want to get to Kendall. I uh, wrote a blog and I've kind of shared the first snippet of it today and I'm going to share the rest of it next week. Uh, about the moms behind racism and riots and it's a little bit controversial what I'm saying but I'm essentially saying when we're talking about politics and we're talking about demonstrations and we're talking about whites and blacks we cannot forget that moms have a huge influence on this issue moms are raising their babies and and can and translate them to them uh, an attitude about race or or a healing attitude and so I my blog is making that point like Politics is not the only solution. Moms of America, uh, when they raise up and they decide to um, take a stance on an issue, can change everything. Because they're changing the future of our world by the way they raise the next generation. So I wrote wrote a blog about that. And as I said, it'll be released in full next week. Kendall, your kind of goal as Miss Oakland USA and as a woman who goes out and is a princess and princess parties, and you'll have to remember it's the frog and the prince, your princess, what, Tiana? Is that her name? Yeah, it's Princess Tiana. The princess Tiana, you have made it your mission as an absolutely stunning African American woman, by the way, to, to to bring a message to youth about race. What do you do when you go out and you represent um, as a princess and and as Miss Oakland USA? What what are you? What message are you putting forth that is healthy for youth in your estimation? So
3: right now, it is such a challenging and scary time for us adults. So imagine how children are feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Luckily, I get to work with the Princess Party Company for the leading theater group in the U.S., and we thought at this time right now, children need to see a strong black woman reading stories about how beautiful your skin is to children. Bring them hope and kind of bring them peace at this time because it definitely can be a challenging time for children to understand. So what we've been doing is we've been having live streams of princesses and superheroes reaching out to the black community and just not even just the black community, but all kids of all colors to, you know, bring them hope and also let them know that their skin is beautiful during this time.
1: Yeah. There's a technique called RES, and I don't remember what that acronym stands for, but where you're essentially helping a child feel good about the race that they are. And it sounds essentially like as they're watching some negative images um, on the you know the news, etc., and the media, that they need positive images about who they are. And, and as a, a beautiful African-American princess, you're doing that. Alright, so Kara, I want to get to sort of the point that you make at the beginning of your book. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't see color and and I don't see race. And the best way to do this is to stop talking about black and white and brown and and whatever other color and and just not to see color anymore. You make a point against that, that you say that you kind of grew up in a white bubble and that that colorblind was a thing, but you don't buy that anymore. Tell me kind of what you discovered and what unfolded for you when you decided, no, I got to see color and I got to see what's happening to people of color.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, really, the colorblind rhetoric, which is how I often refer to it, was a a huge movement, um, especially in white America, but really across the United States following the civil rights movement. So after the civil rights movement, we, as in our country, but in particular white Americans, got issues of race wrong. There was a realization. And so there was a pendulum shift. And the pendulum swung to the other side. And so we said, okay, if we got this wrong within, you know, the 1950s and 60s and before, then we're going to swing to the other side and we're not going to see color. But what that does and what I eventually realize, is that it's a disservice. Um, it's a disservice certainly um, to my brothers and sisters of color, of whom um, – their, their racial and ethnic and cultural identity is a huge part of who they are, but it's the same for me as a white person. And I think oftentimes for those of us who are white, we say, well, I'm white and we don't actually know the origins of who we are as European Americans or wherever we've come from. So what does it mean to honor and to see color and to learn to do that both in our own lives, but also across the board? That, that's who God is. That is, um, that is God's intention for God's kingdom and really for the world is that, uh, we would, we would honor the diversity that is us.
1: Yeah. Now I'm going to get to some specific exam- examples from you and Kendall, because I want people to hear your own experience. Kind of what tipped me off to do in this show is, is we have a board of directors because we're a nonprofit and one of the members of our board of directors happens to be a good friend of mine who's African-American. And she called me on the day, I think after the death of George Floyd, and she was mm. very sad. And and what I realized was that she was feeling unaccepted and unloved in her own country. And mm. she said to me, um, Jenny, as a mother of a, an African-American boy, I think I have to worry more about my son when he goes down to Denver to participate in an event or go to a restaurant or be out late at night or whatever. than you have to worry about your son because your son's mm. white. And, mm-hmm. and I, again, as I've said at the beginning of the show, one, one reason this makes me nervous is because people have brought in all kinds of statistics to say, you know, white men get killed by cops at a greater you know, rate than, than black men. And actually, if you do the numbers, it's not a greater rate. Blacks get killed at, at a larger um, percentage than, than whites do when it comes to the population. But, and I've also heard folks say it's, it's too bad that we're lifting up people who have committed crimes and then been killed, um, you know, after they've committed crimes. Because, you know, George Floyd had a record. We all know that now. Why? Why are we lifting up these people as our heroes to fight for when we could be lifting up people like Kendall and people like your sons and people like um, our board of directors son? Why are why are we lifting up people that are in criminal positions sometimes and and not all the incredible African-Americans across our country? So, so frankly, as a former member of the media and in some ways I'm still a member of the media, I'm truly ashamed by kind of the polarity that we create. We're like, this is the issue and this is the fight and this is the war. And, and it's either white or black or left or right. And, and that's a bunch of hogwash. That's not how God sees it at all. Can I get an amen to that? First of all, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And so here's amen. what I want to hear from. <laughs> thank you, Kendall. Here's what I want to hear from, from the two of you, your experience, Um, And and what you have seen unfold, even in the 21st century, with your biracial sons, Kara, you can start. And then Kendall, as an African-American woman, I just want to hear why it's still a thing and how you've experienced it personally, even as very successful successful representations of African-Americans or or biracial people. So Kara, tell me how it's played out. Certainly it played out in your father-in-law's life. There was discrimination against him when he went to Ole Miss and people didn't want him there and there were riots. But how about in your husband's life and how about in your son's lives? Absolutely.
2: This is a daily reality that we face Uh, being in an interracial marriage, uh, raising mixed race boys. um, And I can only speak, uh, on my own, for my own story, obviously I got my husband's permission to tell parts of his story as well. But, um, for my husband, this is a reality that again, he lives with every day. When it comes, um, to us raising our brown skinned boys, um, who will identify either as mixed race or as black, um, someday as they get older when they choose how to identify. Um, that's something we don't, we do not have a choice. Uh, our, the privilege is not ours not to talk about this. Um, not perhaps like your friend um, who who uh, called you up and, and said, this is real. Um, the reality is that this is real for our boys and for my family. And the privilege not to have to talk about it, that is a privilege um, for some, but not all. And so yeah. what does it mean as our country is in uproar? What does it mean, again, to realize this isn't actually about us? And maybe that's what those of us who um, who live in white skin, maybe that's the first thing we come to realize is that it's not about all these other points, but it's about listening in the midst of the storm to what's really being said. Yeah. And for me as a mom, it's about holding on to hope that um, truly there will be change. Um, in the systems that are in play for my son someday so that they do not have to continue to experience this because they already know they already live it.
1: Well, and I know people say, well, I'm individually not a racist, but of course there still is systemic racism. And that's something that I think you're, you're pointing to Kendall. You have the opportunity to tell folks who are listening today, white and black, What your continued experience is in the 21st century, whether people write it off or not, um, you know, how people view it and say, well, I'm not a racist and and racism isn't still a problem. These are this is an overreaction. I want to address everybody today and say, no, this is what Kendall has to say. And this is what she sees in in the faces of young black children when she goes out and and talks to them. How do you see it still being a problem that needs to be addressed? Because I know it is, but I need to hear it from your perspective.
3: Right. So one of the things I am saying during this time is that racism is learned, but so in love. And at this time, children need to see that, you know, and I am proud to be an African-American woman, also playing the first African-American Disney princess to kind of let kids know, hey, this may be going on right now, but your skin is beautiful and hate is something that. You can replace with love so that we are all here and you know mainstream conversations are often overlooked in um media so what we're trying to do is we're trying to talk to kids about how things are happening now but also just loving themselves and really just being giving them as much comfort as they can get during this complicated time yeah
1: and giving them models, I mean, you, you were t- talking, Carrie, I think about, or maybe it was Kendall, where you're, you're opening a book and, and all of the images in it, it and all the positive images of, of dolls and in books and so on are all white. And so an African-American child is left to think, well, okay, so where are the positive images for me and in, in my color? And, and, and so that is something that we have to pay attention to. I'm thinking that I, I would love for both you and Kendall to comment on this next thing. In your book, you, you talk about Imago Day. And about seeing the image of God in every single person, no matter what color they are. And in seeing um, the face of God in every face, no matter what color uh, that's out there. And I know that that I'm saying some things today that are kind of obvious. And I'm trying to walk a fine line on a number of different views here. But clearly... We still have a problem with racism, it, it, and, and, and clearly uh, nobody believes that what happened to, to George Floyd is okay. So, so how do we move forward as mothers? Because mothers, as I say in my blog, have an enormous influence on what the future of our nation is when it comes to this issue, when it comes to racism. How do mamas teach their babies to, to follow through on this Imago Dei, uh, you know, philosophy that you have, Kara?
2: Absolutely. I do quite a bit of teaching um, around this alongside um, different friends of color, just teaching parents how to talk to kids about race. And I would say some of the top things, uh, the first thing would simply be to engage now. Uh, it's, there's not a starting, there's not a, a point in, uh, in time in which you need to, you don't say age 10, we're going to have this conversation. But um, studies show that babies, infants as young as six months old can make Um, race can make preferences, can distinguish and make racial preferences, uh, -hmm. based on pictures of different caregivers. So six months old. So what does it mean, no matter how old our kids are, to engage now in conversation? That has to happen at home. Um, and it, and it can happen as a result of, um, everyday conversations. If a child, for instance, notices you're walking down the street and they notice someone who has a different color, um, who has different color skin, who has a different ethnicity from them, you can, instead of shutting down the child, if they say, oh, look, mama, that person has brown skin. You say yes, and you acknowledge that and you honor the humanity. I think especially for those of us who are white, um, we don't always know and or we weren't raised with knowing how to talk about race. And yeah, that is something yeah, that's true. That we have to learn how to deal the other thing is to enter in, especially through books and television, uh, and this is this is for both um, parents and parents and caregivers, but also for kids. So I just I encourage all the time parents to um, fill their libraries, both their own and their children's libraries, with books written by diverse authors and or books that feature diverse characters. Uh-huh. So just as we as parents and caregivers are on journeys of um learning about uh race and r- our own racial identities and how to have these conversations we enter into this with these with the, we enter into this with our kids and we make we make the whole thing normal Right. Um, right you so, know I, I, I think those are two
1: things yeah I wanna, and I want to interrupt just briefly because I want to get to Kendall for one last comment because we only have two minutes left um, two, two quick things and that is that I, I, I do think that uh, research suggests that if, if you make an effort to have African American friends in your life as a white person that translates mm-hmm. to your children that, that, that that's a normal and good thing um, and secondly mm-hmm. I just want to say I was actually raised with a papa who marched in Chicago back in the 60s with James Farmer in protest against the mm-hmm. Willis wagons and, and uh, the, mm-hmm. the lack of of uh, desegregation in schools, and he was thrown into jail. So, so I was raised in a fashion that was was very aware that we should fight racism. But, but Kendall, mm-hmm. last word, you got about sixty seconds, sweetheart. Um, how um, are are kids engaging with you when it comes to issues of race, and when you're you're giving them this beautiful and positive portrayal of of being a, an African American princess, um, and the first Disney princess of, of of color? So the cool
3: thing about this is that Princess.
1: Diana- Tiana
3: is not only just the first African-American Disney princess, she also delivers entertainment. And through that, it's so amazing to empower kids and encourage little girls to of all races to see that, hey, you're not alone in this fight. And somebody who looks like you is still having hope, still happy and It's exciting to do the live streams because I get to read books by African-American authors. So it's learning about new things that maybe they didn't know. So it's a a very good time to teach kids about this, but also do it in a way that they can understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are amazing. Um, I want the audience to know how to find both of you. So, so Kara, let's start with you. How do they find you and the book and, and communicate with you and so on? Yep. Uh, the book, My book, The Color of Life, is
2: available wherever books are sold. You can connect with me on my website, com, And
1: otherwise, I'm on Facebook and uh, Instagram, at carameridithwrites. Okay, and it's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H. Um, and, and and let me just say, I know we could have said so much more today and, and, and given so much on, more honor to, to what you both are trying to do, but we only had limited time, so my apologies for that. Mm-hmm. And Kendall, dear, how do people find you in the princess parties? Yes, you can find us at The Princess Party Company
3: on Instagram, on Facebook. We do live party streams at 4 p.m. every day. So check us out. And me personally, you can find me at Kendall Strong on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Thank you. And if you guys want to stick around just for a minute, I just want to hear this. I want you to hear this last thing I'm going to say. We didn't get to what Jesus thinks of racism. But clearly God designed all races. So he does not want us to be at war. And he does not want one of us to think we're better than the other or one of us to characterize, uh, you know, one against another or one of us to to lift up one statistic over another. So I am sure that God wants peace when it comes to this issue because Jesus loves everybody. And this is the time where I thank you, Mom, for all you do as a mother. Even if the media overlooks you, I know that you work very hard to raise your babies well. So thank you for what you do. God bless you. Check us out at ChannelMom.com. Help us out however you can and let us help you. Have a good weekend.
0: From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you, and may God bless each mom and her family.